Open the Word of God with me this morning, please, to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. The Apostle Paul, after having been arrested in Jerusalem, has been taken to Caesarea Maritime on the Mediterranean coast, where he's being held, and is now going to spend some time with Felix, then with Festus, then with Agrippa. But here he has an opportunity to speak with Governor Felix, who commanded a centurion in verse 23 to keep Paul and to let him have his liberty, that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And I want these two verses, Acts chapter 24, verses 24 and 25. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Amen and amen. amen. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning to get us started today. When Paul spoke to Felix about the faith in Christ, this is what he spoke about. So the faith in Christ as the Holy Spirit would use those words, as Luke would use those words, is about to be explained to us. The faith in Christ, Christianity, Bible Christianity, being a Bible Christian, here it is before our eyes. Paul reasoned. He made logical conclusions from the information that was readily available and receptive, receptable to Governor Felix. He reasoned about it because it's all very logical, of the response that we ought to have to the truth of the God of heaven. He presented three things to him by reasoning. First, righteousness. There are three things, are righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. The first thing is righteousness, doing what is right in the sight of God, doing what is right as defined by God. Jesus would teach, if your righteousness doesn't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right. It's that simple. This is not imputed righteousness. If all you can think about is imputed righteousness, you are a fatalist. And you have missed the boat of the gospel. Because if you don't have personal righteousness, you don't have imputed righteousness. Amen. The two of them are connected in the Bible. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. So we better have the character of righteousness that God has. And so Paul explained to Felix the standards of God's righteousness that he better be measuring up to. That's why he trembled. He knows he didn't. He knew he didn't. Then we have temperance. Temperance is self-discipline or self-denial. Temperance in Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 is teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly and righteously. So they're connected. Temperance is self-denial. And Roman governors weren't used to much self-denial. They were used 
to lives of worldly lusts and being able to do almost anything they wanted. But here's Paul, when he has an opportunity to present our religion, he presents the righteousness of God, the temperance, that you better deny yourself, Governor Felix, and do those things that are pleasing in God's sight, and to deny those lusts that are contrary to his will and word for your life. Then he preached to him about hell. Here described as judgment to come. The judgment to come was not in 476 A.D. when the Visigoths would overthrow the Roman government. It was the judgment to come on Titus. It's the same judgment that Paul preached a few chapters earlier when he was on Mars Hill in Athens. And that is that God has made Jesus Christ the judge of all flesh, and there is a day coming in which he will judge you Greeks. And so here it is, judgment to come. Righteousness, temperance, and hell. To Governor Felix, what was the effect? He trembled. This governor trembled. This governor who had the power of life and death over men. Just like Pilate slew Galileans while they were offering their sacrifices, this man could slay the Jews or anyone that he chose to under his authority. I want you to notice that when Paul presents the gospel of Jesus Christ, the faith in Christ Jesus, there's no mention made of heaven. Why would you mention heaven? Hell's more important than heaven when you're trying to get someone's attention. They didn't preach heaven. Jesus didn't preach heaven. Jesus preached hell. Paul preached hell. Paul preached judgment. Heaven's not to be offered to anyone. Hell's to be promised to everyone. And it's a difference. There's no mention of God's love. There's no mention of election. There's no mention of grace. There's no mention of mercy. There's no mention of justification. There's no identity of the book of life. There's no invitation for Jesus. It's righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come that causes a man to tremble. Then, then, if a man says, men and brethren, what should we do? Then you have an opportunity to tell him a little bit more. You can tell him to repent and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and see if he actually will come through and do that. But please note what is not mentioned and what is mentioned for us to understand that in a situation like this, the inspired apostle did not do it the way so many do it. He didn't preach some prosperity gospel like Joel Osteen and the rest of the televangelists in America. He didn't preach charismatic gifts. He didn't preach speaking in tongues. He preached righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Sometimes you don't need comfort. That's an effeminate generation of Christians that always wants comfort. That's heretical. The preachers that give them comfort every Sunday are heretical. Jesus didn't do it, and the apostle didn't do it. Sometimes we need all warning. Sometimes we need all exhortation. Of course there's comfort in the gospel. But if you always give comfort at the same time you're giving a warning, your warning is diluted in half at least. And it's worthless. Paul wasn't going to offer heaven or give comfort to this governor. He was going to warn him and exhort him to righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Sometimes you don't need to talk about God's grace. You need to talk about God's terror. And knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
Paul didn't say knowing heaven and our eternal inheritance and the grace and mercy of God and his love for having loved us before we loved him. Paul didn't say that. He said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Sometimes it's all fear and duty to get our attention as to what we owe our glorious creator God and his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. The result should be similar. And that is an effect of being troubled and trembling about the greatness and glory of God in a measure of our lives. We need to self-examine ourselves to make sure that we are in the faith. The Apostle Paul would tell the Corinthians in his second epistle, examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Know ye not, except ye be reprobates, that you're in Christ? And if we don't have the Spirit of God in us, and it's not giving us the power of a changed life, then you're none of His. We don't offer it. We command men to repent. And we want to be commanded today to repent. And we want to look at this example of our dear beloved brother Paul as to how he dealt with this governor. And we want to tremble. And brethren, Felix responded with trembling, but said, go thy way for this time. I can't take any more right now. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for you again. I hate convenient Christians, and so does God. He doesn't care about how convenient it is for you. He cares about how convicted you are and how committed you are, not how convenient it is. I'll call for you when I have a convenient season. Do you know when that came? It didn't come. He left him there for two years, and he vacated his office, and Festus took his office, and the opportunity to hear the gospel was gone. You have an opportunity right now. And let's be committed about it and convicted about it and not look at its convenience. Lord, have mercy upon us. Let's not be comfortable Christians. Let's not be convenient Christians. Let's be convinced Christians and convicted Christians as to what is coming very soon. And that's the coming of Jesus Christ or you're departing this world to be with him. And the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. That's judgment to come. Lord, help us. And let's reason today of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come. The Lord Jesus Christ is very serious about these things. He is going to use expressions that are so contrary to Arminians and Calvinists, and we want to lay hold of them. It is better for you to cut off your right hand and to be maimed, to cut off your right foot and to be halt, to cut out your right eye and to be blind than to have all those body parts thrown into hell. So whatever is dear and precious and practical and needful to us, we should be willing to cut it off and pluck it out in order to gain an entrance into heaven by the evidence of that kind of a changed life. If we have to stop in every sermon and explain the phases of salvation then we are playing games with the Word of God because Jesus didn't do it. The Apostle Paul didn't do it. For us, it's to be understood. But at times, we need a wake-up call and a warning. And may God give it to us today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, blessed God in heaven, God of hosts, The Lord, Jehovah, is thy name. Let all the earth stand in awe of thee.
and tremble before thee. There is no God beside thee. And the gods of the heathen and the gods of the Christian imagination are nothing compared to thee. Thou art terrible in thy holiness. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. You cannot and will not acquit or clear the guilty. Your fury is poured out like fire. The rocks shake and are torn at the wrath of thine indignation. The Lord Jesus Christ shall trample the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God in a day that is coming. Let us consider it. Let us be warned by it. Let us fall before him who is Lord of all and confess that he is Lord to the glory of thee in heaven. O Lord, help us this day. Let us be like Felix in causing us to tremble at thy word, but let us not be like Felix in looking for convenience in our Christian walk. Heavenly Father, let us be committed and convinced and convicted Christians and changed Christians that all things would become new and everything that's old would pass away and we would put on the new man and put off the old, that we would humble ourselves and cut off those things that are sinful and compromising in our lives. Heavenly Father, we pray for the preaching of the gospel in all places today, that it will go forth in power and in much assurance and and with the Holy Ghost, and that you, Heavenly Father, will open the eyes and the ears, the hearts and the minds of hearers, that they will be convinced of the great day of wrath that is coming, and that they will humble themselves and repent before thee. Bless us to do so here, and bless others to do so in other places. We thank Thee for America and all the good things that we enjoy. But Heavenly Father, today we don't want to be as thankful as much as we want to be trembling before the great glorious presence of the living and true God who holds not only our lives in His hands, but who holds eternal destinies in His hands. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that the Lord Jesus Christ has the keys of hell and of death. And we pray for mercy upon our souls as we repent, but no mercy for those that do not repent. Oh Lord, help us to repent this day and to cast off our sins and to pluck out our right eyes, to maim ourselves and to go halt through life so that we might lay hold on eternal life. Let us do those things that would put up in store for us a good foundation against the time to come, for that time is most definitely coming. Heavenly Father, let us not trust in crying, Lord, Lord, but let us do the will of our Father which is in heaven. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive us for knowing about hell, but never living like there is one. Lord, help us this day. Teach us from your word. Open its pages to us. We want to tremble before it. We want to humble ourselves and to repent. And then and only then, Lord, lift us up by the glorious grace of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who stands between us and that great chasm and who is the surety of his people. But, O oh Lord, he is the surety of all them that obey him. Right. Let us not be among those that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who can only look forward to one thing, and that is the Lord Jesus coming from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire to wreak vengeance on them. Lord, help us. We thank thee for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank thee for the faith that is in Christ Jesus. We thank thee to know things that are out of sight of natural men, so they are mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but they are no mysteries to us. Now be with us. We pray and ask in the glorious name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.